Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Have you ever been hurt by somebody else? Of course you have. We are hurt by other people every day. And sometimes we are the ones hurting others. Sometimes we are hurt. We are hurt in big ways. Sometimes when somebody disrespects us or even worse, hurts us deeply, physically and emotionally, our instant reaction is to want to retaliate. Some of us want to make that person who hurt us feel the pain that we've felt. We want that person to suffer the way that we have suffered. It's only right, we think, that they should get what they deserve. The Old Testament tells us an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. What they have taken from us, we want somebody else, if not ourselves, to take from them. We want to get revenge. Hear Jesus' words. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. We read this and all sorts of questions come up. This is the hotly debated passage, if you would. We say, but Jesus, what if somebody was physically abusing me? What if somebody's abusing the one that I love? I can't stand for that. I have to fight. This is the one case, Jesus, in the Old Testament where I like the law better than the words that you are speaking. I can't stand by while my enemy hurts me and those that I love. I have to defend myself, my family, and friends. Anybody that messes with me is going to get what they deserve. I have a long memory, and I will repay them. When we think this way, we need to stop and take a breath. First, let me explain how the law an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth was supposed to be used. This was used in a court setting to stop people from bearing false witness. The practice was the person that lied about somebody else was to get the punishment that they were hoping hoping the innocent person would receive. So how this would have played out if it would have played out when Jesus was crucified. They brought up false witnesses against him desiring that he would be crucified. 
it was the court's responsibility to give the punishment that they were hoping the other would deserve. In other words, in that instance, it would have been the people bearing false witness would have received the, the crucifixion. This was not a do-it-yourself law, something that you take into your own hands. This was a law to be used by those in authority to deter those from uh, uh, bearing false witness. Secondly, I want all of us to remember, and this is hard to remember sometimes when you're being hurt, but I want you to remember that God wants to keep you protected from those who would harm you. He has given us government and other authorities who are to punish those who would harm us according to God's law. When you hear the word, thou shalt not murder, God is not just keeping us from hurting or harming others in their bodies. He is also making sure that nobody hurts you in your body. That law is to be, that law and every law is to be a protection for you because God loves you. He desires to keep you safe. He desires to protect us and to punish those who would hurt or harm us. But this punishment is not for us to personally act out on our own accord. Vengeance is the Lord's alone, and he carries that out through the offices that he has. One time when I was a little kid, my brother did something that was wrong. And I loved to tell, tell on him. <laughs> and we were in the midst of a fight. My brother was slower than I was. So I took off running to mom and dad because he said he was going to tell. So I beat him to mom and dad and I told my mom and dad what he was doing wrong. And I said, mom, would you like me to spank him? I'm two years older than you. God was going to take care of me, but vengeance was not mine to repay. It was the Lord's. And he was to do that through the offices that he put in place. In this instance, mom and dad. Now that we know that Jesus does care when we get hurt. What is he saying in this scripture for today? He explains here, you have heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who would persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and the good he sends rain on the just and the unjust. If you love only those who love you, what is your reward? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than any other? 
Do not even the Gentiles do the same. You must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Jesus says, is saying that we don't seek revenge on our enemies. And we do not hate our enemies, but we love them. You say, how can I hurt, how can I love somebody that has done this to me? And I've heard terrible cases. And I've heard people say, Pastor, how can I love the person who took this away from me in my body? The answer is, you can't. Not on your own accord. On our own, we don't just want justice. We want revenge. We want both eyes for one eye. We want a mouthful of teeth for that tooth that was taken. We hate to be disrespected in any way, and we want revenge. Have you ever wanted revenge on somebody who's hurt you? Have you ever, have you ever been hurt and you cannot forgive? Let's put this in perspective. Romans 5 says, While we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have been justified by his blood. His blood. You can't underestimate those two words. His blood flowed. We were justified by that blood. Much more, we are saved by him from the wrath of God. For while we were enemies, we are reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have reconciliation. Did you catch that one line there? Did you hear who we were before we were saved through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit? You were not just a weak sinner who couldn't do it on his own. It says you were God's enemy. This is a scary thought to have God as an enemy. If you are God's enemy, just think what it would be like if Jesus would not have turned the other cheek. Just think of what it would be like if God not only gave us what our sins deserve, but he sought revenge on us. There is no protection from God. All things are his. But no, God is not like us. He alone is perfect and manifests that perfection in the person of Jesus. In Jesus, he carries out God's love for his enemies. 
you see Jesus was slapped on both cheeks. Jesus submitted to a crown of thorns. Jesus was stripped of his cloak and his tunic, and he was left naked, hanging on a tree. Jesus was forced to walk that figurative mile, carrying the cross of our sins. And what was he doing this for? The love of you, the love of his enemy. He alone is perfect, as his heavenly Father is perfect. And what does that perfection do? It saves us, the enemies of God. 1 John 4 says, In this the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world that we the enemies of God, might live through him. In this is love, not, not that we have loved God, but that God has loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins, the sins of his enemies. And beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Now, how do we put this in perspective? How do we apply this? When someone hurts us, our sinful nature wants to get even. But we remember that our sin, my sin, your sin, was the slap on Jesus' face. It was the crown of thorns on his head. It was the nails in his hands, and in his feet. Our sin was his cross. We remember that we were his enemies, and yet by his love, his death and resurrection, he united us to himself in our baptism. He loved us, his enemies, And we remember that the blood that he shed for us, he did not shed for us alone. The blood of Jesus was shed for that person who hurt me. The blood of Jesus was shed also for that person that hurt you. And just as we desire God to forgive us, as we turn to him, pleading forgiveness for those things that we've done. Because he loves us, his enemies, we do something very strange. We well up with love for those who hate us. Now, loving our enemies, I want to be clear, does not mean that we do not report their crime. We do report crimes that have been committed against us. It's important to do so. And we pray that the punishment that they receive for their crime by the institutions that God has put in place, 
that their punishment would lead them to recognize their sin so they too can be saved. We pray that the sin that they committed against us would be washed away by the waters of baptism just as it washed our sins away. You see, we are all in the same situation. Not one of us is without sin, and we all need Jesus. And thanks be to God that he loved us so much that he sent his son to save us. And we pray that all people would know his love, which leads to eternal life, even those who have hurt us, even our enemies. And now the peace that surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.